UN's big report on climate change, IPCC's report on climate mitigation is out. And if you've been confused and if you've been wondering what is this report about, what are the big takeaways from this report and what does it really mean for India and globally, uh, today we have with us Dr. Navroz Dubhash, who is one of the authors of the report and who's also a professor uh, at the Centre for Policy Research. We will ask him all of these questions and more. Hello, Dr. Dubash. Hello, hi. Good evening. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm sure you must be like flooded with interviews today. So I'll keep it really quick, the five okay. short questions so we can start. Okay. Yeah. So Dr. Dubash, for uh, an enthusiastic reader who's interested in climate science, there's so many IPCC reports, the sixth assessment, and you know, this is the third working group, the second report. So why is this report important and how is it different from the previous ones? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, this report is about mitigation. So it's the solutions. The two reports that preceded it are on science and impacts. Uh, and as uh, your readers may or may not know, uh, these reports occur or are produced on a sort of five to six yearly cycle. So they're updates of the science uh, as it exists around, around the physical science, the impacts and uh, mitigation or the solutions uh, every uh, uh, six years or so. Um, so this report is particularly important because uh, I think prior reports have told us that we're really running out of time, uh, that emissions are still growing. And so the question is, what do we do about it? Uh, and this is the report that tries to answer that question. Correct. Also, what is the difference then between mitigation and adaptation? Because they sound very similar. Mm. So mitigation basically means the effort to reduce emissions of greenhouse gases uh, and therefore to uh, start the process of reversing uh, or rather of limiting the effects of climate change. Adaptation basically says, look, we know that we have to live with some of the effects of climate change and therefore we have to literally adapt uh, to those effects. So if you're going to see uh, greater levels of sea level rise, we have to make sure that coastal zones uh, are not vulnerable and not exposed uh, to sea level rise or to uh, greater storms. Uh, if we are going to see agricultural yields drop, we have to make sure that we actually um, uh, plan agricultural systems for that or we diversify our cropping patterns uh, and include crops that are more resilient to, uh, to uh, the effects of climate change. So those are adaptation questions. Mitigation questions are questions like, look, how do you make your, how do you decarbonize your electricity sector? How do you make your urban systems more public transport friendly so that you're using less greenhouse gases? It's about actually using less greenhouse gases, uh, which are what cause climate change. Uh, and also increasingly discussions about whether there are ways of removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, whether it's through planting trees or through more speculative and new technologies, which is called carbon dioxide removal. Right, right. So, you know, the report also says that we're on track for a three degree Celsius world by 2100. So what would that mean for us here in India, for our seas, mountains, heat waves, cold waves, rains, agriculture, basically everything? Yeah. Well, actually, the report says, so, so these are these are all ranges, right? So the report actually says, if, uh, if I remember right, 2.2 to 3 point something degrees uh, is the range. Um, 
Uh, and uh, this report doesn't get into what it means uh, for India, but the previous report uh, did uh, uh, get into that. And what we are essentially seeing, um, I, I'm afraid I don't have those details at my fingertips, but uh, essentially what we're seeing is uh, the potential for uh, more violent weather events. Uh, we're seeing the potential for sea level rise. We're seeing, we are seeing uh, decreased crop yields and so on. So essentially what we are seeing is that the effects of climate change are such that they're going to make sustainable development more challenging. Right. Also, what are the major findings of the report that are relevant to India's mitigation journey? So a report like the IPCC is a global assessment. It's not meant to be prescriptive for any given country. Uh, and so uh, really it is, um, uh, uh, it doesn't say uh, what any particular country should or should not do as a result, but it, it provides sort of broad trends. And the kinds of things that are important for all countries, but perhaps particularly for developing countries, uh, uh, well, actually for all countries, are that there are some growing opportunities. We've seen the price of renewable energy, for example, fall 85% uh, when it comes to solar panels and uh, battery technology. Since 2010, wind has fallen 55%. Uh, it also says that there are opportunities, quite a lot of opportunities to reduce emissions. So uh, about 25%, we could reduce about 25% uh, uh, of emissions by 2030 from today's levels at a cost of under $20 a ton of carbon, and in some cases with net benefits, and another 25% at under $100 a ton, which is a much higher number. Um, it also says that countries that are growing their emissions, like India, because we're starting with a low level, many people don't have access to commercial energy or use very little of it. Uh, we have, since we're building our infrastructure, we have an opportunity to try and lock in low carbon infrastructure rather than high carbon infrastructure, which means the kinds of power plants, instead of coal power plants, we could consider building more renewables. Instead of building cities based around private automobiles for transportation, we could build cities that are based on walking, bike paths, public transport, and so on. Uh, we could think about our freight systems to be more energy efficient. We could think about our buildings, which have you know, 30, 50, 60 life, uh, uh, years lifespans to be much more, uh, 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 to be able to be designed to be cooled without so much uh, air conditioning, right? Those are all the kinds of things that we could, we could think about doing. Right. The report also sort of establishes how, you know, there's enough capital in the world for this green transition. Mm. And it also emphasizes how the developed countries need to sort of lend financial support to developing countries. And for India, we, you know, we, we've, we already have very ambitious uh, uh, targets leading to a net zero target uh, by 2070. So do you see, how do you see, the, also the center today said that they welcome this move and for it's a great move, you know, the IPCC saying, uh, talking about climate finance is great for all developing countries. So how do you look at that? Well, I think the, um, the report says that overall, uh, financial flows are a factor of three to a factor of six, less than what is necessary to reach 1.5 or between 1.5 and two degrees Celsius by 2030, and not to reach it by 2030, but the financial flows required by 2030 to be on track, uh, on track for those kinds of uh, limits. And that is a global average number. Actually, in particular regions, uh, uh, and particularly in developing regions, it tends to be higher than that. So we are well short uh, uh, of, of finances. And it's one of the things uh, that definitely uh, we need to be thinking about. 
uh, at the same time, there are other factors that 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 interact that we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about building institutions uh, uh, that are capable of steering this kind of transition towards a low carbon future. We should be thinking about how we make sure that the poor and the vulnerable don't get left behind in these transitions. Uh, those who those who are kind of locked into, say, a fossil fuel economy as countries shift away from fossil fuels, what happens to those workers? Uh, we need to be thinking about um, how we design policies uh, and increasingly the IPCC talks about not individual policies, but packages of policies that reinforce each other to take care of distributional concerns, to try and stimulate innovation and so on, right? Uh, so in the past, when you talk about climate policies, people would talk about a carbon tax or what is called a cap and trade system where you set a cap on emissions you allocate the permits and then you can trade those permits across different entities. Now, increasingly, people are saying, look, we need to think about packages of policies to bring about transitions. If you want to make your cities more low carbon in the future, you not only have to, uh, uh, have to uh, support electric vehicles, but you also have to support buses, design your cities differently, create walking and biking pathways and so on and so forth, right? So as well as do behavioral change of, of citizens uh, and so on. So, so the conversation has got much more complicated and this, this report, I think, deals with a lot more of these complexities. Right. It's a, I have a small follow-up question to this. So unlike the rest of the de developed countries, our target is 2070 and not 2050. So, and, and we don't really have concrete plans in place as of now. Uh, does this report sort of, uh, do you expect that to change how we were looking at policies or, uh, you know, so far? Well, as I said, this report really, you know, it's it's not suitable to, to try and extrapolate for a particular country's uh, um, uh, policies and comment on them on the basis of this report. I mean, particularly not uh, speaking as an IPCC author. Uh, I mean, I have written about it uh, separately. But I, but I will say this, that what the report says for every country is that perhaps it's really important not to only fixate on the long-term targets. Is it 2050, 2060, 2070? What we need to do globally uh, is actually do a lot more in the short run as well. If you, if you want to get to one and a half or two degrees, uh, we actually have to re start reducing emissions within the next three to four years globally, which doesn't mean every country has to do that. Uh, and uh, we need to reduce somewhere on the order of 27% for two degrees and 43% for 1.5 degrees. That's a lot. Correct. And in addition, try and reach net zero by the mid 2050s for 1.5% or the mid 2070s for two degrees. Um, okay. Uh, so, so these are, these are challenging things. Um, uh, you have to do more now to get on the right trajectory. If you want to stabilize the climate, you have to get to net zero uh, sometime later uh, in the century. Now you asked, do I think India is doing these things? Look, uh, aside from my IPCC role, I have written elsewhere that I think the really interesting things to explore about India, what India has on the table uh, are actually the shorter term measures. I think those are, those are interesting. Uh, those are worth thinking about. I think it's very hard to evaluate and assess uh, a target 50 years into the future. Uh, it's very hard to decide what you would do today based on a target 50 years uh, into the future. I think it's really important for all countries to be thinking about the here and now when we know what the implications of our choices will be 
uh, for uh, for development. And I say this now as an individual, not as an IPCC author, right? But it's my reading of the of the uh, of the material and as a participant in the Indian debate. Um, uh, so so uh, yeah, that's the, I guess that's my take on it. Okay, my last question is: uh, This report also is, I mean, you know, it, it sort of uh, made a lot of people reassess how things were. It's it's because it's very solution oriented. It's sort of talking about what does this roadmap, this journey look like for the next whatever decade and the the, the following couple of decades. With with respect to that, as an author of the report and also as somebody who's worked in India on these issues for a while, do you think we're on track? Or do you think we need to reassess things? The, the, the we being globally? India. Do you think India is on track? And do you think we need to reassess? Because suddenly the IPCC report is telling us that, you know, the window of opportunity is very short. It's probably mm -hmm. not as... Yeah. So I th look, I think I think that there are a couple of inescapable things, right? So on the basis of the IPCC, it's very hard to say what where every, any individual country is. What we know is collectively, we have to do a lot upfront, and we have to get to net zero around uh, mid-century. Now, the fact that we have to get net zero around mid-century doesn't mean that every country has to get to net zero mid-century. Some can get to net zero faster, uh, and some can get to net zero later right uh, the ipcc does say that equity remains very important in the international context Correct. even though and this is a, a close to a quote even though there have been shifts in differentiation which is the idea that some countries have had more responsibility than other countries and therefore should have correspondingly less burden to address this and although it is hard to assess fair shares, that is, what is the fair division of emissions and, and burdens. So the IPCC recognizes this, uh, uh, right? I, but I think the, 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 the question about whether any individual country is doing enough, um, maybe there's a part of it that isn't thinking about it in the context of what every other country is doing, right? So, so uh, you have to have a framework where you decide how you assess what different countries are doing. But I think the more important point which this report talks about is what makes sense from the point of view of a given country. And here, I think when you look at it from that perspective, there's this report talks about how, if you think about the opportunities that countries have to shift their development pathways, right? So uh, how do you build your cities? What are your competitive industries of the future? These conversations are much bigger than climate change, but they are extremely central to climate change. So the challenge this report throws out is, how do you work climate change into these much larger conversations? So countries are thinking, for example, in the context of today about energy security, uh, they're thinking about the competitiveness of, of, uh, uh, of their uh, energy industries. Um, you don't necessarily want to be a laggard if you think the world is going to be a low carbon world in the future, right? For not for reasons of altruism or even global uh, good, but for your own sake, right? And if you also have, as the report talks about, many, many co-benefits from mitigation action. So more public transport means less congested cities. It means less air pollution and so on and so forth. These are things you probably want to be thinking about anyway. Right? So I think I think the report basically says, yeah, look, there are global collective reasons to do this, but there are lots of reasons to think about your own domestic context. And this is a very clear message from the report that domestic context matters. 
and every country will design things, uh, policies and measures and so on to suit their domestic context. One final point, if I may, these are all complicated things to think about and decide. What the report also says is most countries in the world are not yet at the stage where they have domestic governance institutions that are in a position to decide these things adequately. We don't have the knowledge institutions. We don't have the coordination institutions. We tend to hive off decisions to environment ministries. And these are decisions that are much bigger than environment ministries. If you don't create those governance structures, right, it's very hard to make these decisions sensibly. You know you're going to leave some communities behind with these disruptions. Coal communities over time may get left behind. Uh, there may be um, uh, workers in, in, in other sectors. If you're moving your industrial emissions, certain technologies are going to win, certain technologies are going to lose. How do you decide how to make sure that you bring your whole population along? Because nobody wants to see carbon transition uh, and the burdens of that being placed on the back of the vulnerable. right? So the state and governments have a lot more thinking and organizing to do to coordinate across sectors, to bring people together in deliberative processes and to do the kind of knowledge gathering and strategy setting. And without more explicit effort at that, it's gonna be a very hard problem to solve. So that's another, another theme in this report. Correct, absolutely. Thank you so much. I think these were very interesting points, also very succinct, and I'm sure our viewers would benefit a lot from uh, whatever you said. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for uh, getting in touch with me.